0: Zach, what's more important, what we think or what we do?
1: Uh, let me think about that for a moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so cheesy. Welcome into Buried Up Podcast. I'm Logan Bruce, as always, joined by Zach Griffin. How are you today, Zach?
1: Just swell. Just swell. This just swell. is take two, but take that's two. that's okay. <laughs> that's right.
0: I'm already halfway done with my coffee, so...
1: Alrighty. All already.
0: Already. All I don't even have coffee. Whew, man, it has been a good day for me. I've had a good week so far. Um, I can feel God working in my life. I'm just excited about that. And uh, But today, we've got kind of an interesting uh, discussion we're going to have, and it's it, I don't think we're going to... Um, have any, there's not like a disagreement or anything like that, but it's going to be good because we're going to talk about, I'm hoping in the title slide you already kind of know where we're going. Zach's got his Bible ready to roll, but um, we're going to be looking at the two ways kind of we we as as modern Christians relate to scripture. And I'm going to kind of throw that out there and let that kind of marinate for a second as we dive in. If you've got your Bibles, flip over to Romans chapter two. Zach, I know you've got yours. I have mine marked in Romans two. Oops, that's not I even sure Romans have
1: marked two. Marked mine, but it'll be easy to get there because I know the books of the Bible. <laughs> you know, that's something <laughs> I mean, that I I'm on one tonight. <laughs> Zach's
0: on it. Zach is Zach's on my level tonight. Um, yeah. No, that is something you talked about. Books of the Bible. Um, that's something I I think that at least for me, I grew up a minister's kid. I've I've I've, I've lived br- eat, lived eat. Sleep. Sleep. Yep. Live, eat, eat, and sleep. That doesn't roll off the tongue like I feel like it should. Anyway, that's the way I've been with the Bible my whole life. And I've taken for granted that maybe not a lot of other people know the books of the Bible. So, that being said, Romans is right after Acts. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Um, But uh, here we are in Romans chapter 2. And we're going to kind of get into some of this um, discussion. And I, I threw out that there's two types of people. Two ways maybe not types of people but two late two ways we can relate to to the bible and to scripture you feel like you look like you're about to have something to say
1: i would say two prominent ways okay. i wouldn't say there's only two ways no nope, only two I, okay <laughs> <laughs> i would say that there's it, there's two prominent leanings i would say uh, well
0: that's, that's yes i would agree with that and what i'm getting at and what we'll say in a little bit is the two Examples I'm using are two extremes, um, and for simplicity's sake, the extreme over here, you have what I'm calling the hippies, all right, and the extreme over here, you have what I'm calling the robots, and I know people on both extremes, all right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think ideally, we're going to be somewhere in the middle. We're going to talk about that, um, but to kind of preface all this, as you're turning to Romans two still, because I know you, you're if you didn't have your Bible, you've got your Bible, and you're now turning to Romans two
1: unless you're driving please don't do that
0: yes and if you're driving we'll read it to you. or mowing your grass I mean, no. nope it's not more important than that um, okay. but um, but so over here on this on this side you have the hippies and that's the people and you, you maybe you've heard of them maybe you don't know somebody like this directly but it's all about mm-hmm. how you feel and they emphasize grace over obedience, um, that's all good and fine. We'll get to that in a minute. Over here on this side, you have the robots, and they emphasize obedience over grace, and that's all good and fine. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and so, obviously, you've got a, str- a you probably lead one way or the other. Um, you probably are like, well, it's fifty-one percent obedience, forty-nine percent grace. Whatever you want to do, um, even if you don't realize it, you probably have that leaning. Um, but the reality is that there's somewhere in the middle. And we're going to talk about a couple different passages along the way. And I kind of had this revelation, well, not really a revelation, but I read a passage that I've read hundreds of times. Is probably not an exaggeration. Um, and I read it for the first time a few weeks ago, and I read it a different way, and I was like, oh, wow. Um, when I look at it through this lens, through the lens I now have as an adult, it's quite different. Um, Zach before we dive into Romans 2 Do you have anything to add or to say To what I've said so far
1: Well You said that's all good and fine And that's all good and fine But I would I would say that that's probably It's probably not all good and fine yeah. If you are Really far You know Obedience is not really a concern to you Or grace is not a concern to you um, You know I, I feel like that that's something that we've got to we've got to overcome and we need to look you you say we look in in try to find a middle ground and i appreciate that sentiment we got to look to the biblical ground we got to look and see what the bible teaches uh, about these things and so yes i think that this is going to be a great discussion i look forward to what we're going to be talking about the hippies and the robots <laughs> trying to find our place. Maybe we're like a hippie robot.
0: There you go. Well, I, so, and I appreciate that clarification because you're right. And I, you know, when I say that's all good and fine, like, you know, we can, I, I, I think what I meant by that was more like, you know, that, you know what, I'm not going to change your opinion. Well, I hope I change your opinion on that. But if you've yeah. believed what that way, if you believe that it's a hundred percent what you do and no, no grace is involved. Um, that's not what I find the Bible. But I'm not, like, I'm not, I don't agree with you, but I'm not going to, like, tell you you're going to hell over it. Anyway, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, so, here we are in Romans 2. And it dives right in, and the reason I'm starting here in Romans 2 is because you've probably, if, if you're still turning there, just go to the Bible apps. <laughs> just I'm, I'm sorry, it's been long enough. Um, but, <laughs> um, but here in Romans 2... The highlight, the headliner, which is obviously manwritten, it's not God, but it's God's Righteous Judgment. And we're going to start in that first section, those 16 verses, we're not going to read it all, but I want to emphasize a few of these. Um, for me growing up, a big, maybe not hot button, but a big topic, and one I thought about a lot, was the thought or the, um, the idea of judging. Because I've had... I've had, um, I've had family members and I've had friends that fall on all sorts of this spectrum that we've talked about and all sorts of other spectrums um, as far as their faith goes um, and, and as far to even not even believing in God at all. So this, this idea of judging is one that's been brought up a lot in, in my circle of influence. Maybe you have the same, but this passage lines it out for me really well. So we've got this idea of, you can't judge me, and don't judge me, you're not my judge. Um, but that's really not what the Bible says, and I, I'll be honest with you, I wanted it to. Yeah, I wanted it to. When I first started uh, this study, probably senior, junior year of high school, I wanted it to say that. And I wanted the Bible to be like, don't judge each other, period, leave it up to God. Um, but that's not really what it says, is it, Zach? <laughs>
1: no, uh, and I guess there are a lot of ways in which we, uh, mankind, we think God should should be a certain way. Yeah, uh, we've been studying uh, here in Moultrie the problem of pain, uh, a book written by C.S. Lewis. He kind of talked about how like we put standards on God as far as what love should look like. Yeah. But God really defines those things. And and so we have ideas about judging and we may want to put those standards on us and say, well, really, we need to think about this uh, you know, in this way. But again, as we've kind of said before, it's not looking at one side or the other. It's looking at what the Bible says about it. That's what we must believe. Um, so yeah we have to look at how God what God says about judging uh, versus what we would like to think about judging
0: right and I'll be honest with you you kind of cut out a little bit but I look forward to hearing what yeah, you, you said too earlier when the when the episode comes out but um anyway um, you know but we've gotten this uh we've gotten this area where it's like well don't judge don't judge don't judge and um, a lot of times when approached by that, I have heard a very bad response. Um, I believe is a bad response. So when one, when family member A approaches family member B, family member B says, don't judge me. Then this person over here, or you can't judge me. Then family member A is like, well, I'm not your judge. You should be more concerned about God judging you. And that's maybe true but this is just a total disclaimer. That's not the best response. (laughs) That's not an encouraging response. That is not a beneficial response. It may be the truth, but it's not the best response. The best response is what we're going to dive into here in Romans 2. Okay. So, Zach, would you read... um, Let's see here. The first three verses of Romans chapter 2 for those of us who are driving while we're listening.
1: Okay, yeah. I do want to say real quick, your, your subheading that, that the publisher put in? Yes. So the judgment
0: of God? It's God's, God's righteous judgment.
1: God's righteous. So the New American Standard one they put in says the impartiality of God. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I like that uh, too. The first three verses. Yeah. yeah. New American Standard. Um, <clears throat> Therefore, you have no excuse. Every one of you who passes judgment for... In that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God righteously falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O oh man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God?
0: So this is kind of interesting because it's diving into God's judgment, but here at the beginning it briefly mentions um, our judgment of others. And so, one of the things, at least, especially in mind, it says I, I prefer the way that the Christian Standard Bible phrases it. It says, "For when you judge another, you condemn yourself." Um, yeah. You know that that's that's not saying don't judge. Paul never comes out here and says don't judge. But when you judge, um, and, and I think that this is this becomes difficult because when I judge somebody, example, I like to use my driving as the examples all the time. When I get frustrated at somebody for their poor driving, I'm really condemning myself because of how bad a driver I am, and because of the things. And I've literally said out loud, "Why are they doing that? They are—they're not driving intelligently." Five minutes after I did the same, the thing that I accused them of being unintelligent for. Yeah. Um, so that's the best example I can think of off the cuff, but yeah, it's similar. But the difficulty with our spiritual walks. Is that the, the things are so much grayer, okay? Things yeah. ca, things in God's sight can be classified as the same when in our culture and in our our, our emotional standing and in the way the culture just operates, they're totally different. Um, and so yeah. that's what the judging comes down to. The Bible never says don't judge, but Paul lays out here: be careful how you judge.
1: Yeah and there's a specific context here that I think is important and might help us understand this more too. Yeah. Um so you've got chapter 1 I really believe is kind of about the gentiles and how they've rejected God and then chapter right. 2 is talking about the Jews. And like for instance the Jews may be judgmental of the gentiles in their idolatry. Right. Like they're they have all these idols and they're you know worshiping in all these ways. Well the Jews also May have some idolatry too. They're guilty of the very same thing. It looks a little bit different, but they're still committing idolatry. Yes. Uh, and either way, he got he goes into this a little bit more. Uh, you know, you who judge people about stealing, do you steal? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's this sort of uh, connection that. Listen, we must be careful when we judge, because. We're often guilty of the same things right. uh you know there's a hypocrisy that's that's very apparent when we are being judgmental uh and we if we have a judgmental attitude it's almost i feel like it's very very like i would probably say a hundred percent maybe it's not that but like I would say it's very very likely if we have a judgmental attitude and we live judgmentally that we are we are committing some kind of hypocrisy yeah, uh, because we fail and we make mistakes too, right? Uh, yeah.
0: Well, and I am really bad at that, and I use my driving as a perfect example. You know, that's but we do that, and it's it's quite simply because we believe, maybe not we believe, we only see the world from our perspective. Yeah, and that's why you know the I, I began my study on judgment. With, I don't want people to to be judged. So I want the Bible to say, "Don't judge." Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible just says, "Judge yourself first. <laughs> I yeah. mean, quite quite literally. I mean, if it, if I was going to boil it down to one thing, you t- you look at the Jesus' parable with the plank in your own eye and the speck in your brother's eye. You t- read what Paul says here in Romans and what Paul says actually several other places as well. It's judge at your own risk, because yeah. really what you're doing when you're judging is you're putting yourself up there with God, but ultimately, and why the reason how I went down that path to begin with here two seconds ago, was that I, you know, I feel there's a lot of Logan feels in this episode, I'm sorry, oh, okay. I'm a hippie, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, we need to have like I was saying. that said Logan feels underneath, like Look, asterisk. This is not the what Lord the Bible you know. says. This is just Logan's feelings. Yeah. Um, Do that
1: Paul thing. Is this I, not the Lord? I,
0: not the Lord. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, that judge. Be that the, the the act of judging is the opposite of encouragement. Um, and coming across, even if somebody perceives you as judgmental, um, it could have the opposite effect. And I I guess that that's kind of where I land on some of this as we continue into this episode, and we're going to dive more into, um, we're going to go look at Abraham and look at Samuel, a couple different other passages. But, you know, ultimately, and so I wanted to lay that out first, that what we do directly, the way we talk to others directly affects them. And so would it be more productive for me to be an encouraging you can encourage and tell somebody they're wrong at the same time. That's an yeah, art. That's true. That's an art. It, it's a yeah. <laughs> and if good.
1: Oh, I was just go finish your thought. No, again. I was just gonna say.
0: And if you can master that, uh, then you're in a really good spot <laughs> because because a lot of times we we feel like we're helping correct people, but it's not an encouraging way at all. Yeah.
1: Um. Something else about judgment I think that we should recognize mm-hmm. is in 1st Corinthians chapter 5 Paul says that we are to judge within the church like yeah, he yeah, that's he true. says when I when I tell you to you know stay away from the sexual and moral and idolaters he says I'm not talking about the people in the world God's yeah. going to judge them yeah. but I'm talking about people in the church you know you have you have a responsibility for that yeah. but even if we talk about things like disfellowship you know church discipline it's supposed to take the form of discipline, right? Mm-hmm. What is discipline for? It's, it's for for growth and correction and 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 all of that. So the judgment, you might say that it's the opposite of encouragement, but at the same time, when we bring a brother to repentance, I mean that's helping them grow. But you have to address something that they need to repent of. I mean, it's like at the end of the book of James, like the one who you know, pulls that brother out of sin, you've got to make a judgment in our mind, at least mm-hmm. that they're in sin. But the one who pulls him out of sin, uh, you know, <laughs> saves his soul. And that love covers those sins. Uh, you know, so... Yeah, I think that's just something kind of dimension about judging. I, uh, you go ahead. We should be careful about what we do. Uh, we should do it in a biblical way. We should... Do it at our own risk, you know, because of our own hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, at the same time, we sort of have this obligation to watch out for one another. And so it's like, there's a little bit of tension, it seems. Yeah. But uh, But God calls us to love in that way. So I think that's kind of, you said there's an art to it. I think the art is perfected when we have love for each other. Yeah. Um, and so that 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 has to be the intention behind if we are going to participate in that and and do it in a godly way, the only godly way to to judge between uh, each other is to do so with love and concern for a soul. I mean, mm-hmm. Why why else would you do it?
0: Right. <laughs> you know. No, and that's very well said. I don't really. I was I was I, I was going to add something, but you kind of you said it yourself. Um, before we uh, before we go to mid roll, we're getting kind of close. I, I wanted to break up one more thing in Romans 2. Um, You know, as it kind of goes through here, well, I guess a few more things. <laughs> okay, um, I got to stop going down rabbit holes. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is something Paul says here, and he's quoting Proverbs and from Psalms in verse six. Um, you know, in verse five, he says, "Because you hardened of your hardened and unrepentant hearts." Uh, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. Um, So, you know, he's talking about unrepenting of God and being, you know, hardening your heart towards God. But then he drops in this little jewel, and he says, he will repay each one according to his works. Verse 7 says, eternal life to those who uh, by persistence in doing good seek glory. Honor and humility, and then he talks about um, unrighteousness. What happens? God is, and that's the point of this chapter: is God's judgment. God weighs your actions, kind of in a way, but but just as much he weighs your heart. You know, and that's exactly what Paul is saying here. He will repay each one according to his works, and so that's something I also want to to throw out there because when we when we talk about these two schools of thought, and obviously they're extreme, and obviously very few people fall firmly in one camp, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that should bring you closer to this to the side of obedience over grace. Because there's this there's a certain amount of God's going to look at what you did. <laughs> Alright? He's I mean it says it in Psalms, it says it in Proverbs, and then Paul here repeats it. That God is going to repay according to your works, and that is not to add to the judgment. I, you, I'm sorry, you have a thought. That's not to add to our judgment of each other. That's just to emphasize God's judgment on us, not between each other. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, another one is Second uh, Corinthians chapter five and verse ten. Yeah. Uh, for for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may uh, be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. So that's a reality that we, we got to understand. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to, if you were mentioning passages, so I wanted to mention. Sorry. That too. No, you're good. <laughs> no,
0: but that, but my, uh, the real quick again, before I toss it back over to you again, Zach, the point I wanted to make with this is that this is not to add fuel to the judging between one another. This is just to remind us that it's God's judgment. Ultimately, that is most important that, well, God's going to judge your works is not what he wants from this passage. He doesn't want us to use this as a weapon. Um, but anyway, go ahead, Jack.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, yeah, I, I agree with that. In verse 11, to follow that, that verse, it says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, right? He's gonna, he's the one who's going to judge. He says, We persuade men, but we are made manifest to God. And I hope that we are made manifest also in your conscience. So, like, knowing knowing that there's a judgment that's coming and, and it belongs to God, he's going to be the one, we persuade men. So, like, we have a concern for other people's souls. Yeah. And that I, that, I think, is the key issue when we talk about judgment. Um, it's not about looking like who's the best. It, it's not about, like... All right. How many little nitpicky things can I find in you? It's not about that. All of this is about we're all trying to get to heaven. Yeah. Right. And and that's if we have any other motivation to admonish or rebuke or correct or to you know do anything in that nature that isn't let's try to get to heaven together then it should just be completely thrown out i don't think that we should judge for any reason other than we just <laughs> you know love you brother and i'm i'm so glad we have this relationship where we can talk about god's word with one another and let's let's get to heaven you know um, so yeah um I think that's all I had to say about that.
0: No, that's perfect. And force Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's kind of, I guess, where I want to break for a second, and we're going to dive back in um, in a minute. Totally off topic, but it's here at the in the middle of this passage that I want to throw out there. Last thing before we go to mid roll is in verse eleven. There's no favoritism with God. Don't forget that. Just because you think you're better god knows that you we're all humans we're all equal in his sight i was about to say god knows you're not
1: but
0: (laughs) 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 we're all equal in god's sight we're all good we're all better in god's sight so um keep that in mind as we go into after the mineral so we'll be right back thank you for watching today we hope you enjoyed the episode so far Don't forget to like us and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook and Instagram especially is where we're most active. Um, Definitely check us out on there. Don't forget to check out the Ministry League. Um, The Ministry League has a good app. They actually just launched an account on their app. So you can create an account, save all the songs, save all the devotionals, save this podcast on the Ministry League app. And uh, you can always be ready right there. And finally, don't forget to check us out on Patreon. Our Patreons are really cool. There's extra stuff there. we got a lot going on there. There's mugs you can get um, bearing up Mug Club. Shout out. So don't forget to check that out. And uh, for as little as a dollar a month, just a dollar a month, you can be a Patreon and get all that extra content. So check us out on there. Hope you have a great day. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Zach, every time I do the mid-roll, Zach spends the entire time trying to distract me. And little does he know that I just smile all the time, so it just doesn't affect me, and nobody can tell. So,
1: (laughs) and you didn't see all the faces I made. I only saw about half.
0: So I was trying to talk about the viewers. (laughs) Oh yes, correct, correct. But I was still trying to not pay attention to you. Um, So um, anyway, here we are. You know, and we've we've talked about judgment a lot, and I wanted to lay the groundwork. We're not going to really talk about judgment much anymore now. We've kind of laid the groundwork. We've established where we've landed on that. Um, and now I want to lean in more to what we talked about earlier, the grace versus obedience conversation. Um, before we read any scriptures or we talk about it anymore, Zach, do you have any thoughts?
1: No, I'm just excited to see where we're, what we're going to take in this. And I guess I've got some thoughts I'm probably going to wait and share later. But, uh, yeah. Uh... I'm, I'm ready. Let's dive in.
0: Okay. Well, one thing you had said earlier was, you know, you know, I talk about, we talk about the middle ground, um, but the ground we want to be on is the Bible ground, the holy ground. Bible ground. <clears throat> holy ground. I like that. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so wherever that lands, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, where I wanted the Bible to say something, but it didn't. And this was when I was in high school, and I had to I had to approach it as, well, it's not what I wanted it to say. But I, but that's that's where I'm at, and actually, it ended up saying something better, um, because it ended up being God's truth, not my truth. So yeah,
1: um, that's how it is. Like yeah, uh, and, and I just do want to say real quick, yeah, there are some things that people, when they read God's word, they think like I don't want it to say that, and it, I mean, yeah. we can talk about like things like homosexuality. We can talk about you know lots of things. That like we want the Bible to say that it just doesn't say correct, uh, and it turns out that God's way is better. I mean, I mean it's always better than what we yeah. what we think because of our limited knowledge and understanding.
0: So yeah, trust God. That's right, and so that's as we dive in here, make sure we keep that in mind. Uh, the first passage I want to read is in First Samuel fifteen, uh, verse twenty two. Um, I think that's where we're just gonna go. Let me go back. Let me see where we're at. This is before the anointing of David as king. Saul has been rejected as king. He's been told, "You're not gonna be the king anymore. Your sons are not gonna be king. Uh, I'm taking the kingdom away from you." And Samuel writes this in verse 22. Actually, he says this um, to Saul. I'm going to back up a little bit, tell you the story. So Saul has been told, you're going to go conquer this nation, and I want you to kill everyone. Kill the king, kill the women, kill the children, kill the animals. Kill them all. And we can have a whole another episode, there's another one, about <laughs> why God allowed so much destruction and murder to go on. But here we are in verse 22. And Saul has been told, you're not going to be king. X blah, 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 blah. And he's like, but I did everything. All I did was I wanted to bring these animals back to sacrifice. And Samuel says this. Does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? So he lays out right here. He says, God would prefer you to have obeyed him than to have offered a sacrifice to him. And that is kind of a... Well, I'm going to keep reading, actually. Continuing to verse 22. Look, to obey is better than sacrifice. He's, I mean, he straight up says it right there. To pay attention is better than the fat of rams, than better than a sacrifice. Verse 4, 23. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and defiance is like wickedness and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. So Saul gets rejected as king because he tried to please God rather than to obey God. And I never understood that as a kid, but as a parent, I do. Because I would much rather my daughter, when I tell her, put away your your toys, put away your paint, put away your crayons. I'd rather her put them away than to paint me a picture. Because if I tell her, put away your paint... And she comes out and has painted this picture and says, Daddy, look, I painted you a picture. I'm going to say, I told you to put your paint away. So, and that's basically what's going on here with Saul and with God. Samuel says, look, Saul, God would have rather you obeyed him. And I'm going to toss it back to you, Zach.
1: Yeah, there's an illustration that I saw. uh, uh, I saw it one time, and it was this daughter She's being been told by her father to go clean her room. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically like it was just like this little video and she's on her phone laying on the couch and he says, Hey, I need you to clean your room. Uh, you know, before supper time. And she says, okay. And then he leaves and he comes back and he looks in her room and it's still a big mess. And, uh, he says to her, uh, Honey, I told you to uh, to clean your room, and she says, "Oh, I know." And I, I remembered what you said, and I I memorized it, and I I actually learned how to say it in three languages. And I invited a study group over, and we uh, talked about it, and we reflected on those words. Um, I I wrote in my journal about it. Dang. I prayed about it, and I just feel. That those words were just so meaningful And now they are in me And they have made me different (laughs) And it's just like That That's kind of like Because she she didn't do what he asked her to do And it's just like That that last statement It changed me It made me better Mm -hmm. Did it because you didn't do what you were told in what way has it changed you and that's 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 what a lot of, of things you know people come into worship sometimes uh and they have in a lot of churches they have like these big rock bands and like all of this stuff and it's all about the experience and people come away from that and they're just like oh my heart is so full and And I've just been so changed by that experience and it's just like But in what way in all of that change and that emotional roller coaster and you know all of this just performance and entertainment and all, in what way has that transformed you? Right. You know, and so I mean I mean we can offer God all of these things, but if we just reject the truth and reject what he commands us I mean, we, do we really do we really love God if he asks us look this is what I want you to do and we just say nah I think I know better than you
0: mm-hmm.
1: does that really reflect a heart that loves God or or even surrenders to God you know yeah. the, the idea about self surrender you know if you be a disciple of mine deny yourself that's a huge thing deny yourself pick up your cross and follow me if that's how we're to be disciples then (laughs) it's not about like look at all the things that I do for you God and I've done and I've done these studies and I've just spent so much time like all of this and it's just like but we're living in idolatry and we are living in all kinds of sin and we have rejected the word and it's just like how on earth do we think that God is going to be pleased with that that's exactly what what uh, what happened here with Saul mm-hmm. I mean and we could say we could say that the intentions behind Saul I, I mean I've I've heard it said I mean we can look at the situation we don't know what his heart was like you know he he may have just taken those animals back and maybe he was just intending on giving them to the people or having them for himself and having some feast and then but when he gets caught, that's when he says, Oh, oh, I, I brought them back to sacrifice. Well
0: and right and when you think about it, what's the big deal? Like when you think about it from a practical standpoint, when you're without God's vision of foreknowledge, what's yeah. the big deal? Yeah. I mean, if I
1: offer these things for sacrifice, then hey. Or if they eat them, even.
0: I mean, like, it's, uh, but it was disobedience. Yeah. And that's a hard pill for people on this end to swallow. Because I don't want to have to obey. Or I, I want, I feel God, I feel. But that is, that's not it. That's not all good and fine
1: right it's not all good Uh,
0: because that's that's exactly what he says here but what got me on this train a few weeks ago was back in Genesis so I'm going to mark this because I want to come back to it but I'm going to flip over to Genesis and this is going to be a similar point but I I wanted to make it because this is what got me on this train and I'm not going to really read anything but if you want to fact check me of anything I say check that Uh, Genesis 22 Um, so Isaac, we don't know how old he is. Um, he's not, he's not a boy. I mean, he might be late teens, early twenties at the oldest or maybe at the youngest. I don't know how I feel about that. It changes day to day. Anyway, he's not a little boy because he's capable of helping his dad carry things and, and making this trek. But God says, go to the top of the mountain and make a sacrifice. And Abraham's like, okay, what animal are you gonna be take? God says, don't take an animal. Abraham's like, okay. And uh, he's like, you're gonna sacrifice your son. Yeah. And uh, and, and so A burnt they go offering. Yeah. Burn, burn, him, burn. Him. Probably was gonna kill him first. Actually, he was. But anyway, that's that's how you. Yeah. That's how you offer. It wasn't gonna burn, off. burn him alive. Burn him alive. Burn him alive. But they go. <laughs> They go and they leave the donkey and they leave their servant and they take everything they need, the fire, the the wood, everything except the sacrifice. And Isaac's kind of looking around. He's like, Dad, we don't have a sacrifice. And Abraham's like, God's going to provide. And Isaac has to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so they get up to the top of the mountain and I don't, we don't know really how it happened. I imagine there not being a struggle. I imagine Abraham just being like, get up on there. And he's like, okay. And I, I, I don't know. I just imagine there not being a struggle, in my mind. And so he gets up there. Well, it
1: says he bound him and laid him. So he, yeah, but...
0: I, okay, so, so he bound him, but I still never envisioned him struggling. Maybe he did. Maybe Isaac was like, no, please, Daddy, no. Um, that makes it a little more horrifying. But... Um, yeah. He gets up All and he's... this is horrifying. Yeah. yeah. But he gets up. Go it's ahead. a little less so, though, if Isaac goes willingly. Anyway, he gets up and he's ready to kill him. And God is like, wait, stop, 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 hold everything. Thank you. And God says at the end, I just wanted to see how far you'd go for me, basically. I, I needed to know you were going to obey me to the end. And I would disagree. <laughs> with that statement? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, correct go ahead. me. I, I'm paraphrasing.
1: So, I've been studying about this, uh, about human pain. Okay. Uh, with C.S. Lewis. And I think I've already mentioned this in this episode. Okay. But uh, uh, he talks about using pain, God uses pain to make sure that we surrender to Him. And so, God wasn't testing Abraham's faith because he was already faithful and God knew the outcome. He wasn't. He wasn't trying to see what what Abraham would do, mm. right? He already knew. So this was going to be a lesson for Abraham, not for God. God wasn't going to learn anything from this. Uh, so, but can you imagine the turmoil that was in Abraham's heart over this, because he he was told that he was going to sacrifice his son, yeah. and maybe he was thinking, you know god made this promise to me so maybe he'll bring him back to life right maybe he'll bring him back to life or you know he just he's not gonna break his promise so i'm just gonna do this but can you imagine like yeah what if god told me he spoke to me and said zach i want you to take graham and i want you to go up to this mountain i want you to kill him and burn him on an altar I can't even imagine the turmoil that would be in my heart for a situation like that. And just the, the pain that I would feel inwardly about doing this. And so the Mm. lesson was for Abraham to show how far he would go in his obedience to God, Yeah. Uh, how much he really would surrender to God. And I just, it's It's amazing that God does things like that in our lives. He causes or allows pain you know and tragedy and he uses that so that we may learn to surrender to him and exhibit that and it's just like, yeah, wow Absolutely. So this may be going a completely different direction, but there's an obedience that Abraham probably didn't know that he had yeah um and so he he learns from that. Yeah.
0: And it's just boom. Yeah. No, that's
1: so this is how far I'll go. Well, and see, that's why I like.
0: I, I, that's why this is the reason I love the Bible. I just learned something about that because that's true, and I've never thought about it. God knew what He was going to do, but ultimately, it's accurate though that God would rather have Abraham obey Him than sacrifice his son, to sacrifice everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. and that was that was kind of my revelation a few weeks ago but I appreciate you bringing that point up Zach because that's absolutely true just not something that I had ever clicked uh, so I, I really appreciate you putting that perspective on that spin um, and, and so that's another obedience you know obedience is important obedience is important there's one more thing um, as we're as we're winding down this evening we had a long episode last week so I was going to try to keep it shorter this week um. Uh, but, excuse me Matthew chapter 15 We need to have like Now turn your Bibles To Matthew turn chapter 15 Turn your Bibles to Matthew
1: chapter 15
0: Unless you're driving Unless you're driving Then we'll read it to you um, Anyway <laughs> um, So now we're going to look at Because we've talked about the hippies And how we have to have obedience I'm sorry Now we're going to talk about the robots and how we have to have grace. But not only do we have to have grace, um, it's important where our hearts are, ultimately. So I I think that grace is important, and I think even the most robotic people would admit that. So I'm not going to talk about the importance of grace, but rather I'm going to talk about um, the importance of doing... It's it's more than obedience. So the problem... Yes. But the problem with these two sides is that they're both so wrong... Because you need obedience, but obedience isn't ended. Obedience is just the beginning. Um, Matthew chapter 15, Jesus is addressing, um, you know, some of the Pharisees. And that's another thing. Um, Those were his biggest opponents. His whole ministry, his whole three-year ministry, I believe three years, correct me if I'm wrong. um, His whole ministry, his biggest opponents were the Pharisees. Sadducees were there, the scribes were there, but Pharisees are mentioned more than anybody. Uh, pretty much every time you had an altercation with somebody, Pharisees yeah, are scri- involved.
1: scribes and Pharisees. right?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but they're talking they, they approach Jesus and they're gonna they're shooting at him. You know, they ask him, Why are your disciples breaking traditions? Basically. You know, they're in verse one and two. And he answered them, Why do you break God's commands? Because of your tradition. Right? Again, back to obedience there. And he says, Honor your father and mother, and whoever speaks evil of your father and mother must be put to death. But you say, Whoever tells his father and mother whatever benefit you might have received from me is a gift committed to the temple. He does not have honor. Uh, He does not have to honor his father. In this way, you have nullified the word of God. And so he begins to talk about traditions. And the point I want to make because it's it's applicable for here is what he says in verse eight, and he's quoting from Isaiah twenty nine. But he says, "This people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as human doctrines. To, excuse me, teaching as doctrines human commands. Obedience is great, and we make we have to make sure we obey God. But we when we box ourselves in to." This, this, and, and we say, I'm going to do exactly right. I'm going to do exactly this thing. Um, we begin to box the gospel in. And we honor God with our lips and our actions and what we do, but our hearts are far from him. And, and that that's what Isaiah says in Isaiah 29:13, And that's what Jesus is repeating right here in Matthew 15, verse 8. And so he combats with the uh, Philistines, almost said the Philistines, he combats with the Pharisees over and over again, over this similar issue. He calls them snakes. Uh, He calls them, he calls Jesus, Jesus is a name caller, Um, but...
1: um, (laughs) In a godly way. In a godly
0: way, yes. It's all truthful. Um, But, uh, you know, he, he combats with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and... He tells them, "Look, you're doing, you are doing you're you're robotically doing the right things. Sometimes, even to the point of you become disobedient because you are so robotic. But your hearts are far from me. You've lost the heart of the message. God mm-hmm. didn't tell them keep the Sabbath for them, or excuse me, God didn't say keep the Sabbath because you're to honor me. Jesus says, God established the Sabbath for you, and you've made it a burden." And we do that with human doctrines. We when when we folk when we overemphasize what humans say, as opposed to what God says, we lose faith on grace. We lose, we, excuse me, we lose. What was going to say? We lose focus on grace. We lose focus on faith, and we become about being this, doing everything right. And in doing so, we've done way more wrong than we we're ever doing right.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So when we talked about earlier. Uh, about how god's going to judge based off all our you know our deeds right. what's done in the body um the 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 issue though is like that is not god's only concern correct um because Jesus also said that unless you receive the kingdom like one of these little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven right, and what was really Jesus talking about like <laughs> Get short in stature and act immature. No, I was talking about the heart of children, right? The the trusting, the dependence, the you know, there's an innocence. There's a lot of that, and all of that's inward. Yeah, all the great wonderful things that children are examples of are these inward things because they they haven't been tainted by the world. Yeah. Uh, But uh, so there's something else I think that particularly the Pharisees they had an issue with. And it wasn't just that they were trying to follow all the commands of God, they were following all the commands of these traditions. Right. Uh, And Paul talks about this a little bit. He doesn't use the Pharisees particularly, but he talks about those in Colossae who are trying to get them to follow this term called asceticism. Right. And the asceticism is like, I'm going to, I'm going to, be very strict on myself about what I do in the sense of, like, what I eat. And I'm going to just have this ultra-subjection to myself. And by doing that, I am more holy than other people. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's it's all outward-focused. And it's all, like, let's see how holy I can look. Right. But God is not concerned with how holy you look. I think God's concerned with how holy you are. Boom. Right? And and that, and that is, that's an inward thing. And I think everything that we've talked about so far, um, I think about what Jesus says about true worshipers in John chapter 4. Yeah. God is looking for true worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. That spirit, I believe, really is the inward person. It's the heart. We're to worship with the heart, with the inward person, but also with truth. And... I don't know how much more you want to say about, you know, this topic and, and particularly this area, but I believe David Powell at Freed Hardiman uh, talked about salvation resting on a three-legged stool. Do you remember that analogy? I
0: do, but remind me.
1: Yeah. So salvation rests on a three-legged stool, um, and if you just remove one of those legs, you can't have salvation. And these are the legs you've got. Grace which comes from God. Mm -hmm. You don't merit it. It's just, it's what God gives. It's, you know, it's the blood of Christ. The other two legs are faith and obedience. Mm -hmm. And that faith is a, it's the part where we talk about surrender and dependence and trust. All of that, you know, God, you are greater than me. So I am going to rely on you. And that's coupled with obedience. I'm going to deny myself, and I'm going to follow all your commands. Mm-hmm. I mean, faith and obedience are this like sort of inseparable union, yeah. uh, along with God's grace. That uh, if we just take one of those things out, then then we have we've missed all of it. Uh, and so God is he's looking for faithful, faithful disciples, and faithful disciples walk after Jesus. Yeah. What does that even mean, right? What does that mean to walk after Jesus? Doesn't it mean to live like he did? Hmm. To listen to his words? I love the the wise man built his house on the rock. Right? In in Luke's account of that, Jesus says there's three things you got to do. And you you'll be like the man who built his house on the rock. Whoever comes to me, Jesus is the source of salvation. Whoever comes to me, hears my words. The words penetrate us, so we yeah. believe in them and does them. Right? That's the three things. Comes to me, Jesus is the author of salvation. He's the one that we come to for us to have a house on the on the rock. Yeah. Right. Who hears my words and does them. That's what we've got to do. We have to have faith in Christ, faith in His Word, and obedience in that, and along with God's grace, that's the full picture of salvation
0: there. Um,
1: so, yeah. <laughs>
0: well said. And that was the perfect bow on the episode, Zach. Well, well, thank you for doing that. Tied up. Uh, just, just Done. mail it off you sure you don't got anything else I don't no because that was that was beautiful um, the the rap you made was you said what I wanted to say and more um, so yeah I think that's all I've got to say um,
1: sorry I stole the ending no it was perfect
0: I had, I had been muzzling you the whole time I muzzled the ox and I let him roll there <laughs> yeah. at the end um, but uh, I'm gonna let you wrap us up with a prayer Zach and uh, you've got that service spotlight and uh, we'll uh, We'll close it out from here. Thanks for watching everyone today. God, we
1: thank you so much for this day. Uh, we thank you that we've been able to discuss your word. And I pray dear your Lord we understand uh, what your word says about how we should live. Um, that we're not so focused on, on trying to be perfect and just try to do all the right things without faith. Uh, and neither be someone that um, is just focused on the emotion and the feeling uh, that... Um, we don't really consider what we are asked to do by you. Just help us to be faithful. Uh, help us to, to be faithful disciples of you. We thank you so much, for, dear Lord, for this podcast and this work that we're doing. Uh, we thank you for uh, all of our listeners that support us. Um, without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. And without you, Lord, we wouldn't be able to do this. Uh, and so we thank you, Lord, for, for all these things. We thank you for Christ Who not only is the perfect example for us to follow, but our Savior who shed his own blood for our our sins. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so I have a pretty general servant spotlight today. Uh, There's no, not like an army general, but uh, uh, there's a specific group of people in the church that I feel like. Uh, deserve some praise and recognition sometimes Uh, they at least deserve our encouragement Uh, and so uh, that group of people is uh, the ladies that do Bible class for children Uh, and I can extend this and say all Bible class teachers but particularly I'm thinking about those ladies that take on you know the elementary school kids and maybe the you know middle school those uh, you know those age groups because Uh, Having a group like that can be uh, hard to handle, um, for one. Uh, But also because where would we be without them? Uh, I have worked really hard with Graham on learning the New Testament books. And he could say all the books in the New Testament. He's four. Uh, But then one day, he just got going with the Old Testament. And I was just like, I didn't know you knew that. And it turns out his Bible class teacher had been teaching them the books of the Old Testament. Uh, cool. and, and so it, it's just amazing what they do uh, and how much it sticks, um, you know, sometimes with our children. And it's just something that's so important to the, the work of the church. Uh, and so the shout-out, the servant spotlight uh, for this week goes to Bible class teachers. We thank you so much for your preparation, your dedication, and what you do to serve our children. So thank you so much, everyone, again, for watching. Uh, God bless. Have a great rest of your week. Uh, Stay tuned for more Bearing Up next week.